This morning, reading from Matthew, the 28th chapter. This is uh, the last few words in the Gospel of Matthew. And this is after Jesus has been raised from the dead and his disciples are with him and he's getting ready to be taken into heaven. And then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. This is the Great Commission. Okay, this is our challenge, our uh, command for the last 2,000 years. We're all called to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This morning, the very first day of... uh, the new year, I'm starting a new series entitled The Message of Jesus. What we're going to do is we're going to go through the whole Gospel of Matthew together. Now that sounds imposing, but it's really not all that long. But, uh, but that's what we're going to do. You think my faith series went a long time. This one's going to pretty much take the whole year, I would think. Kind of hard to plan it out exactly, but this will be the bulk of it this year. Why? Because we want to focus on what Jesus told us to do. It is absurd to call yourself a Christian when you don't adhere to the teachings of Christ. We've got a lot of that going on today. We're Christians. Well, how come you don't do what Jesus said? Well, I don't know. What kind of Christian is that? We need to adhere to the teachings of Christ. That's what Christianity is about. I guess that would make sense to most people, right? If you're going to be a Christian, listen to what Christ said, live by what Christ said. Now, there are problems and challenges with this series that we'll be doing. The first problem is the teachings of Jesus are not exactly warm and fuzzy. Some of them are. Some are not. Uh, They're not exactly seeker-friendly. Now, that's a phrase churches have been using for quite a while now. There's Uh, a thinking among certain types of churches that um, they want to be seeker-friendly. In other words, that when people come into church that don't know Jesus, they would feel comfortable. And hopefully we're, in that sense, I think we're seeker-friendly. We try to make it comfortable. But what they mean by seeker-friendly is they literally do not teach the teachings of Jesus, all of them, for fear of offending someone who wants to follow Jesus. Which seems kind of weird to me. If you're going to follow Jesus, don't you think you should teach them what they should follow? But there's this thinking that don't tell the truth because you don't want to offend anybody, which is just kind of bizarre to me. I know a few weeks ago when I was in our staff meeting and I told our guys, I said, you know, this next year I'm doing a whole series on the message of Jesus. My son looks at me and goes, I thought you wanted the church to grow. (laughs) And that's sad, you know. I mean, we laugh, but, you know, he's being tongue in cheek. But, But we all knew what he was saying is true. The truth is, if you really tell the teachings of Jesus, some of you are not going to like it. Some people don't like the teachings of Jesus. They say they like Jesus, but they don't like what he says, which is absurd. How is that possible? Because they've created another form of Jesus in their own heads. You know, one that doesn't challenge them. The reality of what Jesus said is tough. And you know, at some point, as, as you read the Gospels, people quit following Jesus because they couldn't take his teachings anymore. That was why. They didn't really follow him in droves because of his teachings. They were impressed by his teachings initially. Why they followed him is because of all the miracles and the free food. You know, let's get in on this. Free sandwiches, this is awesome. I don't got to work. 
So they loved him with the food. They loved him with the miracles. But the teachings at some point, they finally said, ah, this is too much. And they walked away. So uh, it can be a little challenging. Now we want to talk about the truth, but we want to do it in love. You don't want to beat people over the head with the truth. But you don't help people by hiding the truth from them, right? Christians, let's study what Jesus said. Uh, Problem number two, why most of us don't fulfill the Great Commission, and this, by the way, isn't just for me. It's all of us should be fulfilling the Great Commission, teaching people what Jesus taught us. This is really where the power of Christianity happens, when you share it in your home. When you as a father talk to your kids about these things. When you as a spouse encourage it in your relationship. This this is where Christianity really becomes powerful. If all of your Christian experience is based on listening to me for 20 minutes on a Sunday morning, you got a pretty weak experience. The reality is we're all supposed to be doing this. Taking and celebrating the message of Christ. Now the reason why it's hard and most Christians can't fulfill the Great Commission is because most of them have no idea what he commanded. Now I won't have you raise your hands because I don't want to be embarrassed. But I won't ask, I will not ask you how many people have actually read any gospel from beginning to end. Most hands would not go up. This is bad. It really is. We are at an all-time high, I think, in terms of biblical illiteracy among Christians. The only time, you'd have to go back to the dark ages when people couldn't read to be more illiterate over Christian teaching today. That's bad. We can read today. They couldn't back then. Uh, they didn't read the Bible because they couldn't. Then the Gutenberg Press comes along. It, just, it was the ability to read and reading the Bible fueled the Protestant Reformation. Is what pulled people out of the Dark Ages. Is what transformed millions of people's lives. Transformed nations. Because the ability of reading the Bible. In fact, I don't know how many of you are aware of this, but the number one drive for educating young people, or anybody, originally was so they could read the Bible. That was the whole point. They need to learn to read. Why? So they can read the Bible. Need to learn to read. Why? So they can read the Bible. They used to teach and read the Bible in schools and stuff like that until it became against the law for some bizarre reason. Okay? Well, we can read today. It's just sadly most people choose not to read. And biblical illiteracy is that it is an all-time high. There's a lot of people, quite frankly, the reason they make so many mistakes in their lives as, as Christians is they have no idea what you They got bits and pieces. Uh, and it's been problematic. Uh, one of the problems is that we've become so compartmentalized in Bible reading and part of it is good. In other words, a lot of people read the Bible, you know, if you want uh, to have help with your finances. Well, here's all the verses on finances. So they jump around the Bible reading this verse here and this verse there. Or here's the verse for healing. If you're sick and you want to trust God to get better, you know, here's the healing. And that's fine and that's great. But so many people have locked into that version of, they never just sit and read it. They jump bits all over the place, bits and pieces. And they never read it. Uh, we need to read the scriptures. If there was anything I could do if, to encourage you to have a successful life, one thing, read the Bible. If there is one thing that would transform your life from the sucky part of life to the successful part of life, one word of advice, read the Bible. 
In fact, the Bible even says this to people who do this in Psalm 1. It says, That person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. First day of the new year. Wouldn't it be great if that everything you did in 2012 worked? Wouldn't it be awesome? If everything you did succeeded. How do you get there? By becoming a person of true faith who gets the scriptures in you. Because in the scriptures are the keys to life. How to succeed. What to do. What not to do. How to approach life. How to approach finances. How to do your business. How to raise your kids. How to have a successful marriage. All of these truths are there. And they're very simple. Um, and, and let me encourage you. Reading the Bible. It seems overwhelming. Especially if you pick it up because it seems so big. It's, it's not that hard. First of all, let me encourage you. Start with the New Testament. Don't read the Old Testament. It's like, holy stinking cow. It's the big fat part. And it's got all kinds of stuff that really has nothing to do with living a Christian life today. There's lots of Old Testament rules and regulations and history. Eventually you get there, that's fine. But start with the New Testament. It's a pretty easy read. It's not hard to read the Bible. You know? And... You know, even a chapter of the Bible, we talk, we, cause, we talk about how the Bible's broken down into chapters and verses. Well, a chapter sounds like a big thing, but do you realize that most chapters in the Bible have like 40 sentences in them? I mean, it's not that big of a deal. When we had Christmas Eve and we were reading the Christmas story, we pretty much read to you the whole chapter of second uh, chapter of, of Matthew. It's not, some of them are big, but most of them are they're just not that hard. You can go to bed every night reading a chapter of the Bible in the New Testament. And it's not that complicated. I know a lot of people feel overwhelmed by it, but it's not that comp- It's not like reading some real complicated, thick book with lots of detail, you know, like the Lord of the Rings trilogy or something. Anybody ever read that, by the way? Some people, do you like it? Some people like it. I got halfway through the first book and wanted to take my own life. I couldn't take it. <laughs> What made him famous, I mean, it's a great story, but when you read the way he wrote, he was a master of detail. He detailed you to death. He couldn't just, a guy hops on a horse and runs for help. No! He's got to describe each muscle on the horse. How the hair flattered in the wind. Every rock that they passed and what the moon reflected off of each rock and how the wind went through the trees and how the sounds. And I'm thinking, I don't care! Just what happens? I finally shut it. Watched the movie. It was it was easier. The Bible isn't like it's not that hard. Now there'll be parts of it you'll run across stuff you don't understand. Fine, just keep reading. Nobody understands everything. I've been doing this for forty years. There's parts I don't understand. It doesn't bother me. My problem in life is not what I don't understand in the Bible. My problem in life is doing. What I do understand in the Bible. That's the hard part. You know, if you don't understand, you don't understand it. Move on. So what? But you've got to read it. Do you have a smartphone? Anybody have a smartphone? I got a smartphone. How many have smartphones? Do you feel any smarter? Because I don't. I don't know. Nonetheless, you can put the Bible on your smartphone. It takes like 12 seconds on your Wi-Fi to download the entire Bible. You can pick and pick. You can be reading the Bible all the time. It'd be great. Nobody knows what you're doing. They think you're checking out Facebook. 
You know, just read the Bible. Get it in you. It will change your life. Again, one thing I could tell you. Pastor, what's the one thing I could do that would turn me into a successful, life-changing, victorious Christian? One thing, read the Bible. Amazingly, most Christians don't do it. And for the life of me, I don't understand why. They, I guess they're overwhelmed by it, but seriously, dude, you want to change your life? Read the Bible. Well, nothing else you can say, I did it. But it's not, start with the New Testament, it's not that complicated. Alright, so, we're going to do the message of Jesus. Number one, a lot of the teachings of Jesus are not warm and fuzzy. Some of it's kind of tough stuff. It really is. And we'll be gentle about it as best we can, but we still need to know what Jesus said if we're going to be Christians. Number two, you can't obey the teachings of Jesus if you don't know what they are. So we've got to learn what they are. Read them. But the biggest problem is where Jesus said this. Go into all the world and teach them to obey what I have told you to do. That's the real problem. Because nobody wants to obey. We hate to obey. Nobody wants to obey anybody. Especially Americans. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. I'm a man. You can't tell me what to do. I'm a man. I'm a, whatever that means, I'm a man. Don't tell me what I mean. As wonderful as our country is, and it's the most wonderful country in the world, let's not forget, we're pretty stubborn people. Our country started out by taking guns and shooting people who tried to tell us what to do. We don't like that. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. That's in our DNA. It's ingrained in us. Freedom-loving people. It's great. But when it comes to the faith experience, we need to obey. We need to do what God tells us to do. We need to do what Jesus said to do. And again, it's not that complicated. It's not easy, but it's not complicated. We need to obey. And here's the thing about obeying. You don't have to understand something to obey it. Are you hearing me? We think, well, I don't understand it. Therefore, I don't have to do it. No, you still have to do it. You ever tell your kid to do something? And they say, why? Do you care why? Do you feel obligated to explain to them? The very detailed reasonings behind your request. Just do it. You don't have to comprehend what's behind it. The deeper meaning with the Greek word behind it. You don't have to understand the nuances of it. You don't even have to agree with it. That's a biggie. We literally think today that if I'm going to obey something, I have to agree with it before I obey it. Well, that's absurd. Obey is you got to do it whether you agree with it or not. Again, tell a teenager to do something. I think that's stupid. Why should I do that? I don't want to do that. And when your kids do that, don't freak out. As a parent, my best advice for parents, don't freak out over attitude. If you freak out over attitude, you will lose your mind. (laughs) They're going to have attitude. It is. They can't help it. You did it. I did it. We've all done it. There's something that enters our brains when we're teenagers. And we roll the eyes. Don't react to that. Who cares if they roll? He rolled his eyes. Who cares? How can you roll your eyes? Do it. 
Well, I think it's stupid. I'm thrilled to hear that. Do it. Well, I think we should do it this way. Brilliant. Do it. Doesn't matter. Just make them do it. Don't worry. They need to learn life. Life is not about just doing everything you think you get to do in a reasonable fashion. You got to do it. Whether you, and listen to me. Truth is truth whether you agree with it or not. Think about that. Truth is truth. Whether you agree with it. The Bible is The teachings of Jesus are true. Well, I don't believe that. <laughs> doesn't matter. God isn't going, oh, well, he doesn't agree with it. I guess I was wrong. <laughs> you don't have to agree with it. Look, the whole, thing, the whole thing about obeying is this. You just do it. You don't like it. And listen to me, especially you young people. Life is full of doing things you don't want to do. In fact, if you want to succeed in life, you will do more of what you don't want to do than what you want to do. That makes sense? If you're going to succeed in life, let me put it this way. If you just do what you want to do, your life will suck. It will be bad. You will fail. Who feels like studying? Who feels like putting in extra hours at work? Who feels like... Do- Nobody feels like doing these things. Doing the right thing often means doing what you don't feel like doing. As I said a few weeks ago, if you're not sure what to do, do what you don't want to do. That's usually the right thing. <laughs> don't get caught up into this, well, i got to think it through my head. I have to agree with it and whatever. The bottom line is, when it comes to obeying the teachings of Jesus, it boils down to one very simple concept. Just... Do it. Whether you like to do it, whether you want to do it, whether you understand why to do it. At some point we need to do it. That's why Jesus said, you want to preach this gospel, you want to change the world, go everywhere, tell them to obey what I told you to obey. People don't want to just do it. So I got this call from this lady the other day. From California. I don't know how she found me. She's a pastor. Uh, our marriage is in great trouble. And uh, we need you to help us. And we will, we will fly to whatever city you want to fly and sit down. And, and so you can counsel us. And, and goofing around, I said, how about Maui? <laughs> and, and she said, oh, that would be no problem. And I thought, no, I can't do that, man. I, <laughs> I wanted to, but I didn't. I was a nice guy. I thought, free vacation, baby. We could have gone to Maui. So obviously these people had money coming out of their ears. Not even a problem. Any place we wanted to go, she'd have flown us all in so that I could help her. I said, okay, listen, before we go to Maui, what's the problem? And she says, I yell at my husband. And, well, that's what I do. I, I just yell at him. And it's damaging our marriage. And, and it's, it's traumatizing our children, because I do it in front of the children. Why are you yelling at him? Because he won't talk to me. 
nothing says talk like, why don't you talk to me? That'll open up your husband, girls. Just go, right, guys? That just makes it feel like opening up and sharing your soul, doesn't it? So, despite your creative, he doesn't want to talk to you. I can't imagine why. So, you're yelling at your husband, and you know you shouldn't, yeah. And it's damaging your marriage, yeah. And it's traumatizing your children, yeah. All right. Two words. Stop it! Just stop it! What? Just stop. What? You just, you got it. You know what you're doing's wrong. You know it's destroying your marriage. It's traumatizing your own children. You should have some motherly sense to want to protect your own children. And you know, screaming at your husband is hurting. Then stop it. Oh, we don't, you know, we do. You can't stop it. We want some kind of magic pixie dust or some brilliant counseling session or some fabulous insights, you know. Look, I get it. Sometimes you'll lose it. Everybody loses it. Sometimes I lose it just preaching. We, we all lose it from time to time, okay? Or somebody says something or some circumstance that gets on our and we lose it. Or maybe you're the quiet type and you just become passive aggressive, but you're still losing it one way or the other. That I understand. And I understand dumb. I'm not being mean, I'm just saying dumb. People who don't get it, they can't connect that what they're doing is making everything miserable around them. Okay? Everybody hates me. Why? Because I scream at them. And you wonder why. Yeah. Well, maybe it's because you're screaming at them. The people, they can't figure that out. That I understand. I understand losing sometimes. I understand people who can't connect the dots. But when you can connect the dots... When you know clearly what you're doing is destroying everything you hold dear and you just keep doing it? Stop! We need to do the right thing. At some point, it just boils down to do the right thing. Well, I don't feel like... Would you? I mean, obviously, this is a woman who just does everything she feels. She feels like screaming, so she screams. Even though she knows it's destroying everything, she's out of control. Obeying is really pretty simple. It has two components. One, listen to the command. Two, do it. Listen, do it. Listen, do it. It's not that hard. Well, it's hard. But it's not complicated. You hear the right thing to do, now do it. But we don't want to do it. Because we don't want to obey. Now, everybody has this sinful nature in them. It all comes from Adam. Where we don't want to obey. Now, as most of you know, I travel all over the world speaking on the differences between men and women. And relationships and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But as I was thinking about this, you know, there is a generality between men and women when it comes to obeying. Let me share this with you. And don't have a cow. Okay, first service. Some women gave me the evil eye. Ah! Just relax. They're just generalities, but they're generally true. That's why they're called generalities. But generally speaking, men 
approach how to resist obeying than women. Women approach it differently. Here's the deal with a man, generally speaking. When a man hears the truth, most men instinctively feel the sense to do it. I need to do it. I hear the truth, I should do it. So his way to counter, because he doesn't want to do it, is he doesn't want to hear it. Right? Is this not famous? How many times have you heard a guy say, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Guys that want to go to church, I I just don't want to hear it. You don't hear that very often from women. But men, I I don't don't want to hear it. I I just just don't want to hear that. Because when he hears it, he knows he needs to do it. So he fights it by not hearing it. Women, generally speaking. (laughs) See, the guys have no problem with that slide. It's the women. Women don't mind hearing it. But they, like men, also don't want to do it. So the way they fight not doing it is they keep asking more questions. <laughs> they do. They'll question it to death. And they think they're being more spiritual. Because they, I'd love to know more about that. Here's an example. The Bible talking about husbands and wives. Here's what the Bible says to men about their wives. If I say this to men. The Bible says a man should love his wife like Christ loves him. You say that and most guys will go, okay. Alright, that's a pretty much. I have, it's that simple. You just say to a bunch of guys, they don't even respond. They just, you need to love your wife like God loves you. Don't be such a jerk. And I'll go, okay. But then when you read the female side of it, a woman should respect her husband. What you'll hear is, well, what does respect mean? <laughs> uh, do you have more insights on respect? Do you have, what's the Greek word uh, to respect? Uh, do you have a Bible study? We could do a Bible study for 25 weeks on understanding what respect is. Do you have some books on respect? Because I'd really like to read some more. <laughs> Seriously? By questioning and asking more questions. Not, listen, let's not deceive ourselves. The bottom line is none of us really want to do what we're supposed to do. But let's quit throwing up the smoke screens. Let's keep trying to hide from hearing and asking too many questions. Let's just at some point it all boils down to one very simple thing. You learn the truth and you do it. If you will do what Jesus says, it will change your life. It will transform your life. It will turn you into a powerful, world-changing kind of Christian. Instead of just being a defeated, discouraged one. So, that's what we're doing. 2012. We are dedicating ourselves to hearing the words of the gospel. We're going to dedicate ourselves to the words of our master. We're going to focus on the message of Jesus. Now, that's going to be the goal. Now, there will be Sundays where we'll change that up, you know, for various reasons. You know, like Easter, we'll talk about Easter stuff. And on Mother's Day, we'll talk about mother stuff. And Thanksgiving, we'll talk about turkey stuff or whatever. You know, we'll, we'll, so we got to still... Be sensitive to the calendar as we go through the year. But beyond that, when you come to Celebration Church over this next year, overwhelmingly, we're going to be focusing on 
what did Jesus say? What did he say? Now we'll try and give you insights into what that meant and why this and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, all that really matters is learning what he said and committing ourselves to start doing what he said. Now, we all struggle. We all have mistakes. I get it. But let's not walk around in ignorance not knowing what he said. Let's learn what he said so we can be true disciples and then we can skillfully create other disciples around us by sharing with them what he taught us to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace, your kindness, your mercies and forgiveness. Thank you that you loved us so much, Lord Jesus. You came into this earth to show us how to live. We pray, Lord, that as we do this series of teachings, Lord, that you'll help us to understand, to grasp what is it that you really said about life. And help us, O Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit to be hearers of the word and then doers of that word so that we can be the kind of people you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.